it's Casey. Before we start today, I just wanted to jump in and let anyone out there who thinks they would like to work with parents and facilitate positive discipline to know that I will be facilitating a Teaching Parenting the Positive Discipline Way workshop with my friend and business partner, Julieta Skoog, March 20th through the 24th from 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. This will certify you as a positive discipline parent educator and train you up in everything you need to start leading and supporting parents. It is super fun. And if you enroll before February 20th, you will get the $50 off the cost of the workshop. You'll get the early bird special. Go to besproudable.com slash parent dash educators for more information and to register. Again, that's besproudable.com slash parent dash educators. Let us know if you have any questions. Hello, welcome back. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we work to keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name's Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder, coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. Also, mama to a 20-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. I am walking right beside you on the path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it really real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is a solo show, and I'm confident that what I share will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please, please pass the link around, snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families around the globe. If you're feeling extra special, you can rate and review us over in Apple Podcasts. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Enjoy the show. there, my friends. Here we are back again together, together. Yay. I am excited to be coming back to you with another live solo show. feel like a lot's gone down. I know in my little world, we're moving out of basketball season, which has been really nice for my son. And We're still talking with my daughter about college and what that can look like for her, which is exciting because as you all know, those of you that have been following for a long time, she was not a kid that was into the college potential. She figured it wasn't for her. And now after living some life and going to trade school and really doing really well, but also recognizing that there's potentially more for her. She is turning towards a college experience, which is exciting, is exciting. And yeah, so we've moved into February. I'm bringing back the little notes on the door in February. So I'm writing little notes on hearts, heart-shaped construction paper that I cut out. 
and putting them on my kid's door every day so that by Valentine's Day, they'll have 14. My two kids and my bonus kid. I have a bonus teen living with me right now that I adore, and she's getting in on the action too. So I was reminded of this fun little Valentine's Day tradition in the membership program when one of the mamas posted about how she's been writing little love notes to her two boys and putting them on their pillow every night. And she's done it for a whole year now. And the kids are collecting a stack of love notes from their mom. And I just, I love that. I feel like as many ways as possible that we can message the depth of our love and acceptance for our kids, the better, right? We want them to feel loved, to know that they're loved, to know that they're supported. So yay. Today on the pod, what I'm going to talk about is I want to talk about growth mindset and motivation and pessimism. I'm seeing and having some conversations here and there around teens that are seemingly unmotivated or discouraged or looking out at the possibilities of the world and feeling like there are none. It's hard. It's hard to hold. It's hard to be with that resistance to seeing the bright side. And I hear from a lot of parents about kids that seem to be extremely pessimistic about the future. It can look like they've given up. They won't talk about the future, seemingly squarely stationed in their own pit of despair. And I remember a few years ago when My daughter was really struggling and I would try to invite her into, you know, what do you want? What do you want? What do you imagine your future to be? What do you want a year from now to look like? And, you know, those conversations that I talk about on the pod, right? I share them. I invite my clients to have these conversations with their kids, like engage them in considering what it is that they want. And I remember back at that time, and we've since talked about it, she couldn't answer those questions. And actually, it turned out that those questions were really anxiety-producing for her, right? Like, she couldn't imagine a future. And, you know, that makes sense. I think for some of our kids, they've only had so much life experience that, you know, there's the kids that can sit inside of, oh my gosh, anything is possible, which is exciting and can also be overwhelming. And then there's the kids that feel like, well, if anything's possible, then all the worst case scenarios are right there front and center for them. And as their parents, we get to just sit next to them, like imagine their vision or their experience as a movie screen in front of us. And we're sitting side by side, you know, we're sitting side by side and we're looking at that movie screen as well. And like, wow, yeah, it must be hard to consider a year from now right? Everything is uncertain. Things do change. There is a lot going on in the world. And I mean, let's keep it real. There's a lot to be defeated about. Our teens, like I said, have limited life experiences and perspective. On one hand, you know, that anything is possible mentality can show up or kind of the la la la, necessarily not deep thinkers. I wasn't a huge deep thinker as a teenager. I was very much like, where's the party? And do I get to go? And then there's other kids who are deep thinkers and are deep considerers. And this is a gift. And it can also be something that's hard to navigate. But we have to remember that our kids' lens 
has been developed in the context of potentially experiencing a school shooting, living through a global pandemic. We have to remember that we're still only just recognizing the effects of social media, the effects of under-resourced school systems, right? I mean, can I go on a little soapbox for a second? So we go through this pandemic, our kids suffer, right? We all suffer, but the teens, man, really suffer. Schools, the conversation, the articles are all about how we need to take care of our kids' mental health. And just like that, we're back to the rat race of academics, academics, academics. What about mental health? What about social emotional learning? Under-resourced school systems make me crazy. Our kids are also living with the effects of stressed out parents that are working to maintain a sense of financial enoughness in an economy that's constantly getting more challenging to find yourself in the middle class. And racial injustice and hateful politics. Grown-ups in leadership positions acting like crazy people, right? It's a lot. And now more than ever before, our kids are being inundated with messaging about all of this, right? It's that constant news cycle through TikTok, through Snapchat, through whatever their channels are, but they're hearing about things. They're making sense of things. They're hearing about things faster than we do. And then we don't know what they're hearing about. So there's nowhere for them to process their emotional experience of what they're hearing. It's a lot. No wonder some of our kids seem to be checked out, pessimistic, discouraged. I'm surprised more of them aren't. I mean, shit, what is happening, right? Many of our kids find themselves isolated and hopeless and really plugged right back into the thing that is bringing them that source of hopelessness, right? Anxiety and depression are up. We all know that, of course. And, you know, it's not because it's a fad to talk about mental health. I don't think we can blame our kids' mental health on the fact that we talk about it now. I just don't. I feel like that's really disrespectful to our kids to say that. I feel like we have language for how we feel better now than we did perhaps when all of us parents were kids. It wasn't that we weren't anxious and depressed. There just wasn't language around it. There wasn't conversation. There wasn't a safe space to be with it and to consider it, right? Mental health isn't a fad, right? Mental health struggles isn't a fad. It is related to the fact that the world around them is shitty. And they don't have the capacity yet to lift up and out of the right now shittiness and see a life that they can live by their design. They don't have the capacity, they don't have the skills yet to do that, right? So those of you with kids who are sulky and irritated and you know only wanna talk about everything that's wrong, this is for you. This is for you. I want you to really work on compassion for where your kids are coming from because man, and I remember saying this to my daughter, it must be really hard to live inside of this reality where everything sucks. Like, I don't want to live in that reality. I don't think you want to live in this reality, right? You guys that are listening. I don't think our teens do either. But right now, that's where they're finding themselves. Okay. How's everybody feeling? 
<laughs> everybody feeling super uplifted right now? Are you still with me? Sorry we had to go so dark there. I just really want to take a stand for these kids. I want to take a stand for them and help the grown-ups understand things from where these teens are coming from. Because, you know, I think we have a long history of just rolling our eyes and dismissing teenagers. And it doesn't do them any favors. And God, I mean, how does that feel? Imagine that you are being dismissed, you know, people rolling their eyes and dismissing you all the time. Some of you might not have to imagine that, right? Depending on who you are and what kind of context you find yourself living inside of and working inside of. It sucks. What might happen for our teens if we take them seriously? Tell them, I believe you. See them, listen to them, love them, accept them, hear them out. And listen, I get it. I understand. It can feel like your head's going to explode while listening to your child tell you all the things that are wrong with the world at nauseum while not being willing to name one thing that's okay or one possible thing that they're grateful for. I know. I know. It's really challenging, right? Ned Johnson and William Struxrud call it the Eeyore. It's the pessimistic kid who doesn't want to engage in the possibility that there's something good out there, right? It's the Eeyore. So I've been getting groceries from Hungry Root for the last few months, and I am loving it. I use it to keep healthy snacks in the house, and I also order a few meal kits that are easy go-tos during the week. What I love is the variety that shows up in the box. Crunchy snacks, sweets, breakfast smoothies, whatever I've clicked as wanting comes to my door. My dietary wishes are different than my family's. The boys, Ben and Ian, they're always trying to build muscle and gain weight. I am not. Hungry Root gives so many options. It meets all of our needs. In our last box, we got cilantro lime chicken with jasmine rice, and it literally took me seven minutes to put together. Listen, after working all day and doing all the things for the fam, seven minutes to throw together dinner works for me. And the ingredients are good, like high quality good. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Save hours of planning, shopping, and cooking. Let Hungry Root deliver the food you love. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Joyful Courage podcast listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash joy and get 40% off your first delivery and those free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash joy. Don't forget to use our link so that they know we sent you. This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. Well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, 
chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. With Eeyore and his friends, Pooh and Piglet, nobody ever tried to change Eeyore. Nobody said you're wrong or you shouldn't be like this. They loved him and accepted him and invited him to join in, right? He had a sense of belonging. (laughs) He belonged to that little Winnie the Pooh group. And, you know, it's also important to note that sometimes this pessimistic attitude can be, can be an indicator of something more serious going on, such as, you know, mental health struggles or drug use or both. And, You may want to take your teen in for an evaluation to rule those things out, right? You get to be the judge of that. I'm not saying that, you know, every grumpy, pessimistic kid is just moving through the teen years and there's no big deal. Sometimes it is a big deal. And so you get to be the judge of where your kiddo's at and what kind of help they might need. And you get to be the one that finds the team and outsources. And. If you don't have a kid that needs that extra support, they just seem to be stuck in this fixed mindset, this negative mindset, what can you do? Well, turns out there's lots of things you can do, right? There's lots of things you can do. And before I get into some of them, I want to remind you, as I do here on this podcast, that relationship is everything. Relationship matters. So if your current dynamic with your teen is one where they feel judged or criticized by you, and maybe it's due to them misperceiving you or, you know, kind of their own insecurities getting in the way, it doesn't matter because it's real for them. They feel judged. They feel criticized. If that's the case, you're going to need to do your own work around mending that rift. And if you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know how they, I don't know if they feel like that or not. Ask them, you know, I notice you get really defensive when I bring this up and I'm curious about that. I'm curious about how accepted you feel by me. I'm curious about what I do that feels like I'm criticizing you. Because we all do that. We try not to. I try not to. And yet things fly out of my mouth and I have to say, oopsie, can I try that again? Or God, that sounded really critical. I'd like to try that again. Sorry about that. Right? Being real and authentic. Like bust through the armor, bust through the BS and just be like, hey, 
I noticed you're having a hard time. And I'm wondering what, you know, what my part in that has been. (laughs) And if your kid's like my kids, my daughter would say, it's not about you. You know, you don't get to take ownership of this. And if that's their response too, like, okay, great. You know, keep it light for yourself, for your own sake. Okay, great. Well, tell me about how you're feeling. Because there are shitty things in the world. It feels hard right now. And I want to, I want to listen to what that means to you. So pulling back the curtain and getting real. I notice you seem really stuck in negative thinking. Tell me about that. And, or I imagine that's a really tough place to be. Probably doesn't feel good. Name what you're seeing and support your teen in connecting the dots between their mindset and how they experience the world. Even as I say that, it just makes me think so much about Rowan because Rowan is kind of like worst case scenario person. She's always, you know, we were all going to fly down to see my family in Southern California over the holidays. She was like, I'm really worried about the flight. And I was like, oh, you mean the airport? I know it'll be stressful, but we'll get through it. She's like, no, I'm worried about, you know, what if the plane crashes? And I was like, well, if the plane crashes, we all go down together. She's like, well, what if the plane crashes, you all die? And I'm like a quadriplegic. Who's going to take care of me? Like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, well, maybe grandma will take care of you. Well, look, how long is grandma going to live? You know, I mean, it was just this constant barrage of like, well, what about this? And yeah, I mean, we get to a place where I have to just say like, yeah, that would suck. (laughs) That would be really hard. And that's probably not going to happen. Right. Or she's, you know, I was out in the world and this man wanted to talk to me and everybody's a predator. You know, which on one hand, like she's aware, but it's like, you know, and we talk about this, like, do you want to live in a world where you perceive every person as a predator? Like that doesn't sound like a good time to me, you know? And she, you know, gets to say, yeah, that's where I live. Right. And she's very matter of fact about it. And fortunately it's not getting in her way. It was, you know, this mindset was a part of her anxiety a few years ago and it really got in her way to the point where she you know, wasn't leaving the house, took 45 minutes to get out of her car to go pick something up at Rite Aid. Like it was definitely getting in her way. And she's grown out of it and she's worked out of it and she's moving through it, right? But I listen, I take it seriously to a point and then I share my own, like, I don't want to live in a world where I expect a home invasion, where I expect terrible things to happen. I want my experience to be like, good things are always right around the bend. Like that feels awesome, right? And she gets to live in the world that she creates. Ultimately, I love her and I accept that. So naming what you're seeing, supporting them and connecting the dots between their mindset and how they experience the world and then letting go, right? And I have some other tips too that come from my friend Michelle Borba's book, Thrivers. Do you remember her? She came on the podcast episode 274 and talked about her book. She has a whole chapter on optimism and she names optimism as one of the seventh essential character strengths of a thriver is optimism, right? And it's important to remember that optimism is developed. I mean, temperamentally, I think probably some people show up to this lifetime a little cheerier than others, but it's something that can be developed. But here's some ideas. 
around how to increase the likelihood of more optimistic mindsets and more growth mindsets in your home. One of which is taking stock of your attitude and your response to the events and experiences in your world, right? Not just like the global or the national or like the headline news and how you respond to that, but like How does it feel when checkers are rude to you at the grocery store? How do you speak into that experience? What about when people snake your parking spot at the Costco or somebody's let you down or something doesn't go your way? How do you talk about those experiences with your family? Do you talk about those experiences with your family? Maybe you don't. Maybe you do and you're complaining about it. Right. So, my challenge to you is talk about those experiences of things not going well from a growth mindset place, right? From an optimistic place, from a flexible, roll over your shoulders kind of way. Model reframing, model gratitude, and really be explicit in this sharing. Take advantage of the dinner table, of the time in the car. I mean, don't, you know, don't take over. Find those opportunities to be like, oh my gosh, guess what happened to me today, right? And here's what I did. And here's how I decided to think about it. I was really discouraged, but it didn't feel good to me. So I changed it around and here's how I did it. And then move on. Don't be like, did you catch that life lesson, (laughs) right? (laughs) Tell me what you learned. No, just move on. Move on to something different, but share, right? Share about good things you know, that are happening in the world. Talk about positive people doing positive things and keep it light when and if your teen rolls your eyes at you. You might need to dig. Like there are podcasts, there are news publications where, you know, good news. I had um, the beginning of last year, I think, um, summer, she came on and she has a podcast called Optimist Daily. And they talk about good things that are happening in the world. So make it a part of your routine to collect some of those positive stories and share them. Share them. Again, not to be like, and what did you learn from this? But really like, oh my God, I heard the coolest thing today. Right? I heard the coolest thing today. I love the guy with a sign on Instagram. Do you guys follow him? I think it's called Guy with a Sign. And he just has the most hilarious cardboard signs that he holds up in New York City. And, you know, he pokes so much fun at so many things about our culture. And it makes me laugh. And it's a great talking point. So share about those things. Be a strength finder. This is a positive discipline tool, actually. We call it empowering encouragement. And it's a really useful way to connect action taken and behaviors taken by our kids to strengths and characteristics that they're using, right? And it's, you know, can't be BS. It's not about just like feeding them, trying to manipulate their thinking. It's really about, gosh, you know what? You put aside some really fun stuff so that you could study for that test that you had. And, you know, that shows a lot of perseverance, commitment, and really hard work. So I just want to acknowledge that, right? Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. 
The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. You know, my son has had a tough time the last month with basketball and he stuck with it and he stuck with it and he's putting it all out on the floor every time he plays. Even as I know, he's counting down the days for it to be over. And to me, that's a testament of his resilience and his willingness, right? He has resilience. He has willingness. He can make things happen. He can move through hard things. When they're in the moment, when they're in the experience, they aren't thinking like, oh man, I'm so resilient, right? Sometimes it takes an outside source to point that out. And that outside source can be us, right? Be a strength finder, name it. Name those characteristics that you're seeing. But I think the most important thing is to let go of the idea that it's your job to change their mind, that it's your job to make them optimistic. All you're doing is setting the table, right? All you're doing is creating an environment, walking your talk, and they get to decide when and how their mindset begins to shift or change, right? We do not have control over that. So let go of thinking that you have to control it. And if you need to set up some boundaries, you know, if you need to say, you know what? I know you think the world sucks right now. And I love you. And it's hard for me to sit with that kind of mindset. So I got to take a break, right? Create your own personal boundaries. Take care of yourself. Love them. It's okay. You do you. Son and daughter of mine, I love you. And I need to take some time for me. Some other things that Michelle talks about, and I actually, there's a great article 
that I'll put in the show notes that highlights these. So she also talks about, you know, pointing out their cynicism. If you're able to have a conversation about like, hey, I notice when you start to get into that dark spiral, it doesn't really take you anywhere good. So maybe there's like some kind of silent signal or code that we can create to highlight for you, hey, you're being pretty cynical right now. What could that look like? Maybe it's hand on the heart or pulling at the ear. And another thing to do is to encourage our kids to listen to their own comments, you know? And sometimes this is funny. Like one of my kids will throw something out and I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take a listen to what you just said and we'll say it again and we all end up laughing, right? Helping them to hear themselves is really powerful. And replacing that negative with positive word choices. You know, I always fail. I suck at school. Change that to, I'm getting there. I'm learning. I'm getting better, right? I'll never learn. I haven't learned this yet. My son just this morning, he's taking pre-calc in at the community college. I said, oh, how's it going? He's what, week four, five? And he said, well, it's getting hard. And you know, my kid is a kid where school has never been super challenging for him. And I've worried about this for many years because, I mean, I worry about that. And I said that to him. I said, you know what? You've, and he's heard me say this before, but I reminded him, like, you haven't really been super challenged at school. And it's getting challenging. And I just want to remind you that that just means that you are learning something new and your brain is being engaged in a new and different way. He's like, I know. But highlighting to them, reminding them, this is the learning process. It feels stretchy and uncomfortable. That's when we know we're learning, right? You're not there yet. You haven't learned it yet, but you're in process. I'm getting closer to understanding right? Or getting a not so great grade. Well, what can you do next time? Well, next time I'm going to go over the answers twice before I turn in the paper. Yeah. So those are some, you know, how to change that negative mindset into some positive word choices. Again, you know your teen. It might be as much as like, hey, how can you change what you just said into a more growth space, right? Can I help you? This might not be useful for some of your kids. You know, the relationship and their mindset might be enough where this wouldn't be useful and that might trigger them even more. So you get to use the language in your own storytelling, right? In your own practice. And you get to model that for them. And again, check your expectations. Check your own internal response to your teen's discouragement, right? I'm really noticing this lately for me. And I say, how you doing? I really want them to say, I'm good, right? And if they don't say I'm good, I'm like, what's going on? You know, how can we fix that? How can we get you back to this baseline of good? Because I am uncomfortable with anything other than my kids feeling good and fine, which is not useful. We all experience all the emotions and it's all temporary, which means My kids get to as well, and I get to be there and just be there, not to fix it, not to change it, but just to be there. So check your own internal response to your teen's discouragement and get curious about it. Like, why does this make me so crazy? 
remember I talked a bunch last week on the pod, those questions like, what is the value that's being challenged by their discouragement? What am I grieving? Right? What can I do for myself to be with this? And accept who your teen is. And who they are might be someone who's a bit more cautious, someone who struggles to see the sunny side of life. Love them and accept them anyway, right? Because it's not going to help anybody to be a little bit more discouraged and also have piled on and I'm a big disappointment because of my discouragement to my family, right? I know that experience in the context of extrovert versus introvert. And we're getting better, I think, at valuing both of those things. But I think we live in a world that puts a lot more value on extroversion and less value on introversion. And I'm an extrovert raising a daughter who's an introvert. And there's nothing wrong with her. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with her. She's amazing and smart and designing the life she wants to live that looks different than my life. And I really get to check my judgment and I really get to check my messaging around enoughness because I want her to know that she's enough exactly how she is. All right. That's what I got for you today, everyone. I hope that's useful. You know, and I'm thinking about you guys. I'm thinking about you all whose kids are really having a tough time. I've worked with a few people the last few years with like young adult kids, 19, 20, 21, who are really stuck. And I want to bring us back to everything is temporary. Everything is temporary. Life continues to offer experiences and opportunities for our kids to make sense of. And sometimes they get stuck. Who do you want to be through the stuckness? Who do you want them to remember you as being through the stuckness? right? Work on that relationship, nurture that relationship, trust that what they're going through right now is something they're also growing through, right? Don't give up on them. Be there, be available, be in connection. All right. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you so much to my Sproutable partners, Julieta and Alana, as well as Danielle and Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and helping it to sound so good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay better connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in on Monday for a brand new interview and I will be back solo with you next Thursday. Have a great day. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayeni, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. 
all of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.